This is Trends and Issues in Instructional Design, Educational Technology, and Learning Science, hosted by Abby Brown and Tim Green. Hi, this is Tim, and I'm here with Abby. Hi, this is Abby, and I'm here with Tim. Welcome to episode 207 of our podcast, where we review the trends and issues in instructional design, educational technology, and learning sciences that we flipped in our Flipboard magazine over the past two weeks. In this episode, we have four trends that we will share, along with a recommended reading that goes with each of the four trends. We end the episode by peering into the crystal ball and making predictions about the trends we believe we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks. So Abby, start us off by talking about our four trends and sharing our recommended readings. Thank you, Tim. We have some really interesting developments and uh, things that are trending that we have seen before, but we, maybe we've seen it in a slightly different way. So our number one trend of the past two weeks, the number one kind of group of stories that we saw revolved around instructional design strategies and teaching in general, not necessarily applied to any one type of medium or technology. So we saw things like the benefits of guided play, the importance of culturally responsive teaching, an introduction to experiential learning, teaching digital literacy, teaching creativity, using teaching assignments to help students learn better. That is to assign the students the task of teaching their, their peers or others something. And also we saw a few articles that, that discussed the future of learning. And so that's where our recommended read takes us. Our recommended read in this uh, trend is an expansive vision for the Future of Teaching and Learning by John S. Rosenberg for Harvard Magazine. And as always, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing any of the author's names, but this was an interesting article uh, that, again, looked at what instruction and, and what education is going to look like in the future based on uh, our experiences really in, in becoming much more general, the general teaching population's experience becoming more adept with hybrid and uh, remote teaching. Speaking of which, trend number two is remote and hybrid instruction specifically. So we saw articles about the benefits of virtual learning, blending online and offline teaching, more discussions of the feasibility of a metaverse. Now this isn't necessarily instructionally related, but it, again, there's been just so much chatter about the metaverse and about its educational possibilities that we put this in that category. We also saw a discussion about online courses and education in general. That is to say, what is the value of an online course in an education overall? We also saw the continued popularity of the flipped classroom. We saw a report on the, ed the online education market in India, which quite notably is poised to reach 5 billion by the year 2025. Our recommended read in this area though is a bit more prosaic, a bit more sort of close to home for pretty much all of us who teach in some way remotely. And that is revisiting camera use in live remote teaching, consideration for learning and equity by Patricia Turner for Educause Review. This is a really interesting article about when and perhaps when not to require use of a camera. 
Sometimes it has to do with bandwidth issues. Sometimes it has to do with simply the living space in which the learner is situated. But uh, there are a lot of good reasons for not necessarily telling everybody to turn on their cameras. And equally, a lot of good reasons for telling everybody to turn on their cameras. It's a good read, a very balanced read, and we recommend it. Number three, anyone who's listened to us <laughs> at any point in the last few years right. is going to recognize security and citizenship yep. as being a, an important trend. And again, in the past two weeks, very similar, teaching cybersecurity. We also saw an article on how authorized agents plan to make it easier to delete one's online data. Authorized agents being uh, uh, software or, or, I guess, services that, that will actually kind of scrub you off the, the social media scene if, if you so desire. It's an interesting concept. There's also, speaking of interesting concepts, there was also a really interesting couple of articles about cyber haves and have-nots. That is, people who have the resources, or organizations really, not just individuals, but organizations that have the resources to deal with bad actors, cyber attacks, that kind of thing, but that um, the way things are kind of going right now, we're developing into a have slash have not uh, population, and we want to be careful about something like that. We want to make sure that there aren't a group of have nots who are simply vulnerable. Um, we also saw very specifically the use of fake Chrome windows to scam people. Who thinks of these things? Yeah, right. <laughs> so we also saw a change to Vimeo, Vimeo, the the uh, uh, video, mm -hmm. uh, online digital video uh, service. Vimeo has changed its policy, kind of changed them back. I think they've kind of rolled right. back some very unpopular policies uh, that they, they received a lot of backlash from. We also saw Instagram's parental controls arrive in the United States. They've been available in other countries, but they just recently arrived in the U.S., our recommended read in this area is uh, this, Four Tips for Securing Remote Workers in Higher Education by Amy McIntosh for EdTech. Now, it's pretty prosaic. I mean, this is real basic stuff, right. but it's important stuff. It and, is. and so even though it says securing remote workers in higher education, I think it applies to many of us, um, really anyone who's teaching remotely in any setting. So uh, uh, those are that's number three. Number four, this is interesting. Number four, or at some point, we would normally be talking about hardware and software. Right. We saw very few specifically yeah. hardware or software articles this last two weeks. What we saw instead were applications of ed tech for and, teaching and learning. And this may be a, uh, a new trend for it us. I mean, we, we I don't I don't think we've ever. Uh, had the articles coalesce in such a way, but very now, interesting. So, right. And now sometimes this also is just our content analysis, right, so right. how we're of approaching course. the content of analysis. Course. But the content that we saw in the past two weeks really suggests that the trend is more about discussing the applications yep. of ed tech. Exactly. So for example, we literally saw an article on identifying reasons to use ed tech in traditional and remote settings. Uh, also, an introduction to practice sets for Google Classroom, which one might consider software, but it really is an application of sort of drill and practice opportunities. We also saw a discussion about cell phones in schools. Uh, we saw the one device per student trend in Japan. 
we saw higher education faculty use of digital course materials. Now, this is interesting. It's actually the use of digital course materials is falling back to pre-pandemic levels. So as we're coming out of the pandemic, higher education faculty are using fewer digital course materials. Very interesting. They find, the, at least the report indicates that they're finding it difficult to, to find the uh, open educational resources or digital resources that exactly fit what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, also, Apple announced its Learning Coach program for educators. And the Learning Coach program, for anyone who's unfamiliar, is uh, actually a, a, a sort of set of trainings about using, applying ed tech, applying ed tech in instructional settings um, with, I'm guessing, a focus on Apple's product line. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, our recommended read in this area... I loved this read. Yeah. I thought was this was good. like really right. interesting. Yep. Kids are learning history from video games now by Luca Ivan Jukic for The Atlantic. The focus is on uh, a particular game called Europa Universalis, which is produced by Paradox Interactive. And it apparently people who've enjoyed this game, learners who've enjoyed this game, have actually started signing up for history courses based on the fact that they want to learn more about, you know, what kind of mm -hmm. what came up in the game. But when they come into the history classes, what they've learned in the game is reflected in their discussions. Mm -hmm. And so you, it's got cool. a number of history professors scratching their heads going, why do people think this? And it turns out they think this because they're learning about it within this game. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of how we discussed the Oregon Trail oh, back yeah. in the 1990s right. Right. and how, you know, it was developed by computer programmers who may not have been the best historians but or they might have been great historians but that wasn't their focus right and so there was sort of this question of like are we do we, are, should we be teaching students the history of the oregon trail using this software it's like well yes in a balanced way um so uh anyway great read really yeah. fun it, that that however takes us to the end tim we, that's our four trends and our four recommended reads Thanks, Abby. So now we turn our attention to peering into the crystal ball and uh, looking at the predictions for the trends that we believe we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks. There's, uh, again, if you've listened to us for any length of time, our podcast, you'll know that hardware and software is a perennial trend and has security and citizenship has been as well. But as we discussed before we went on air, there's a few new ones that or different ones, I there would say, are. that we, we have. Yeah. Well, post-pandemic remote teaching and right. learning, because we've seen a lot of that in the past, uh, we have. really in the past couple of months, but we expect to see more of that as people have had some time to really think about and consider right. the experience. Um, but we also, and kind of a offshoot of that, I guess, yeah. this idea of the future of teaching and learning. Yeah. What, what is education going to look like moving forward? Now yes. that we've become much more comfortable with with other media for basically other communication media. But how does that affect what the educational experience looks like overall? Yeah. And we, we've seen articles uh, over the last few episodes, one here and there, but we believe we'll, right. we're going to start seeing more and more of those. We suspect. Right. Yeah. We suspect yeah. we're going to see a blossoming yep. of these kind of we articles. Do. I think that's what we can expect to see in the near future, though, Tim. Excellent. Thank you. 
Well, that brings us to the conclusion of episode 207 of our podcast. We'd like to thank our followers and viewers of our Flipboard magazine and our podcast subscribers. You can uh, find the recommended readings that we discussed in this episode and also listen to past episodes of our podcast by visiting our website at trendsandissues.com. Our next episode will air on April 15th. This podcast is produced by Professor Abby Brown at East Carolina University and Professor Tim Green at California State University, Fullerton. Copyright Abby Brown and Tim Green.